Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for baseball talk on the radio for the next hour and a wide variety of topics to touch on this week. The second half of our show, and if you only have time uh, to listen to a little bit, the second half of our show, we will visit with Guardian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio, his memories of an icon in Cleveland baseball history, John Adams, drummer and lifelong fan, 3,500 games that began back in the 1973 season. Late in that year, he became a fixture, first at Municipal Stadium and then at the current ballpark starting in 1994. If you looked in the last row of the bleachers, there was John. And when the Guardians, or prior to that, the Indians got something going, John started banging that drum and the rhythmic beat that uh, got fans going and really became part of the fabric of going to a ball game in Cleveland. And visiting teams knew it, the home team knew it, and of course the fans knew it. And uh, John certainly was such a big part of what makes Cleveland baseball special. And he will always be remembered in that vein. So Bobby D with a real nice tribute to John Adams with the memorial service for John earlier today in downtown Cleveland. And uh, if you're listening to this on a Saturday, it was quite a turnout in downtown Cleveland at a church not far from Progressive Field. Also coming up on this week's show, we'll check in with Carl Willis, the Guardians pitching coach. We had a chance to visit with Carl during Guards Fest a couple of weeks back and talk to him about the season ahead, the season that was last year, and what he's looking forward to for 2023. But we told you a lot of variety on this week's show, and we begin with a visit yesterday to Progressive Field. By our microphones, we went downstairs to the service level as it was truck day, that annual day when the big 18-wheeler is packed up with all kinds of gear and equipment to head on out to Goodyear, Arizona, with spring training starting with pitchers and catchers reporting officially on February the 14th. So uh, we're less than two weeks away now, but uh, we went downstairs and see what we could find on Truck Day 2023. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. It is Truck Day, and we finally get to do this for the first time in a couple of years. And uh, we're going to tag team this one this year with Brandon Billier, the uh, executive vice president of Clubhouse Logistics and Operations, and uh, Clubhouse supervisor Sam Hines. Uh, they're part of a cast of thousands. You can hear the trucks going by in the background, the, uh, moving moving some stuff. And, and that's what this is all about, isn't it, Brian? Uh, Brandon, moving some stuff. Absolutely. It's like kind of our, when the season ends, we go right into planning for the next one. And so this is kind of our big day where we throw it all in the truck and heads 
southwest out to Arizona and get ready for what's going to be two months in the desert and then start a long regular season and hopefully go to the playoffs. And because of circumstances, uh, the past couple of years, you've kind of done this under the cover of darkness. Is it nice to have a little uh, publicity and, and a little more buzz about it? Uh, we work behind the scenes, and our, kind of our, our thing is if you don't see us, it means we did our job. But this is one day where the cameras show up for us. And so it's nice that the guys get recognized for all the hard work they do because there is a ton that goes in behind the scenes that most people would never realize happens unless we get coverage like this. All right, should we check in on Sam's day? How's yeah. that going? Yeah. All right, Sam, uh, Sam Hines, how many years is this doing this? Uh, Starting in 2015, so going into my ninth season with the Guardians here. Pretty excited about it. A couple of truck days down, and uh, you call me a veteran by now, I guess. So. Okay, which leads us to the next situation. Um, you bonked your head on a light a little while ago, so the experience not paying off? I did indeed. It happens. There's gets crowded down there, a lot of people moving parts, pieces, and uh, I had to bonk my head, so. For players, the biggest key, a lot of them have to play hurt. Are you going to be able to make it through the rest of the day? I think so. It uh, may be a little foggy, but we'll make it through truck day for sure. What's the biggest key uh, to this whole operation? Uh, just everybody within the clubhouse, we've uh, been on the same page. We've uh, practiced this all off season. It's what we look forward to, and uh, it's our day. It's our day to shine and get ready for baseball. So, I always ask Brandon uh, from year to year, most unusual item that's going on the truck have you seen anything really unusual this year i'm trying to think i don't know brandon might have a better option than i do this year's been pretty nothing uh nothing too out of the ordinary this year no scooter scooter staying safe secure locked up at progressive field this year it's not going anywhere and uh i think one thing we've seen over the last couple of years is guys have gotten real heavy in the video game so like now they're taking special monitors and, and stuff like that so we've got a little bit of that this year but uh Outside of that, it's a pretty boring year, I think, as far as the truck goes. Plenty of bubble gum, all that good stuff. Sometimes the makeup of the front office, if it's a younger front office, uh, not a lot of kids, uh, that might change it. But if there's a lot of, of youngsters going out, what do we have uh, on that front? Yeah, uh, so obviously with this operation moves to Arizona for two months, and with that because of the support staff, the front office. and So there is, you know, there's guys fresh out of college that are going for their first year, and they show up with a carry-on bag. And then there's guys that have families that go out there and they've got, you know, they could have a U-Haul that, you know, that they're going to need when they get out there to move it all into their apartment. So we do see, you know, a lot of personal stuff as far as, you know, suitcases, car seats, pack and plays, you know, kids, bikes, stuff like that to try to, to try to ease them while they're out there and let them have a good time while their parents are working. Not to name names, but let's name names. Uh, who who brings the most stuff and, and shows up and you just like roll your eyes and say, oh, my God, how are we going to get all this out there? Yeah, that's, a, that's one you're going to just have to be out there and watch it come off the truck and see, who, see who's got the U-Haul out there. That, that, that's the, more, the more heavier packers have an office a little higher up in the building than I do, so I'll, I'm going to pass that one. Very delicately done. Sam, when you get out there, um, everything the same just in reverse or is it a little bit easier pulling it off the truck than it is making sure you get everything on there i'd say that's a good comparison everything in reverse it's a lot easier in regards to finding where things are going and where people are at as well so and you might need some sunscreen that too yeah a nice feature of being out in goodyear arizona guys thanks for coming by appreciate it. sam hope your head's doing okay thank you rosie appreciate it that's sam hines and uh, brandon biller uh, how many years is this for you doing this this uh first year was in 2010 so Got a couple years on Sammy, but it's still chasing Tony Amato. He's started before I was born, so. 
and I know we're on radio, but the hair looks good. Where do you get your hair cut? Bay Barber, best barber in Cleveland. Two of the best, Brandon Biller and Sam Hines, learning from the best, Tony Amato, on how to pack a truck properly and make sure everything that's needed is on its way to Goodyear, Arizona, in a couple of weeks. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from pitching coach Carl Willis and talk pitching with a longtime member of the Cleveland coaching staff. That's coming up next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, certainly well known that a big key to Cleveland's success the last decade has been the work of manager Terry Francona. And part of the keys to his success, putting together a real nice coaching staff in terms of a blend of of young coaches and then also some experienced coaches. And you can't get much more experience than Carl Willis, the pitching coach, beginning his sixth season on uh, Tito's staff and his 13th as a Guardians pitching coach. You maybe remember he had a long run with Eric Wedge back in the early 2000s, and this is his 20th season at the major league level as a pitching coach. Also had a, a pretty good playing career too, but 20 seasons now as a major league pitching coach and uh, the staff for the Guardians uh, once again a season ago finishing in the upper echelon of uh, pitching staffs in the American League, both starters and relievers. And we had a chance to catch up with Carl during Guards Fest recently, and we talked to him about uh, getting that itch going again with a new season right around the corner. Carl, you're at that point in the offseason where you getting antsy yet to, to get out to spring training and see the guys, or you still need a, a little bit more time before to relax a little bit? Well, you know, we, I think you always start to get antsy at this particular time, and then certainly when you come here to an event like Guards Fest and you start to see the excitement in the fans and you start to interact with some of the players that are here, yeah, that excitement just starts to build. So uh, we're looking forward to getting started here soon. It's been a different couple of years, first with COVID, then last year with the lockout in terms of that normal routine that pitchers have to build up for a season. Is it normal this year? Are we back to, to the way it, it, it usually is? Yeah, I think it's it's much more normal. You know, the game tends to, to change and, and routines tend to change as, you know, we learn more about the, how the body works and, and uh, recovery. Um, but certainly the biggest thing this year is we're back to being able to communicate. and. You know, I've always been one to believe that I, I don't want to over, you know, I don't want to over communicate in the off season. I think that, you know, the guys, you know, they need to have some some balance in their life. But at the same time, you know, a nudge, a text, a phone call here and there just to check in, make sure they're okay, make sure they're, you know, taking their preparation seriously. And we're very fortunate that all our guys are, are very accountable and, and uh, religiously doing that. And when you look at, at this year's staff, just based on the tail end of last year, I imagine you really have to like what you have coming back 
both health-wise and performance-wise? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I think, uh, you know, the top of our rotation, you know, we saw Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, um, Cal Quantrill, you know, turn in solid years, you know, finish the season stronger than they started the season, which is not always what you uh, are accustomed to seeing. And I thought that was very exciting. You know, unfortunately, our, our, our two other starters at the end of last year with, with Plezak and Savali, you know, they had some, you know, unfortunate injury things, a couple of fluky situations. Uh, if, if they're healthy, obviously, we know how they can go out and compete and perform. Our bullpen, um, you know, it's amazing, you know, still young, but boy, the talent and the ability and then the confidence that each and every one of them, you know, built last year with, with all of them having such terrific seasons. Um, you know, we're, we're just excited about the entire group and certainly that next level of depth guys and guys that are kind of come into spring training and push the guys I just mentioned, um, you know, we're going to need, you need, you always need more than 12 or 13. And so um, we got to make sure that we keep everyone healthy, get everyone ready, and uh, we know they can compete. Carl Willis joining us, Guardians pitching coach, your 20th season in the major leagues as a, as a pitching coach. What is it, what are the good things that, that keep you coming back and get you excited for each season? Um, you know, I've, I've always loved the game of baseball um, from going back to when I was a little kid. I think it was instilled in me. My dad uh, loved the game, and, and he supported me as a youth. And, and uh, you know, growing up, you know, coming to my games, watching me play, trying to help. Um, but as I've gotten older, I still love the game. I still love the competition. Um, I, I love the people. I, I love, you know, and, and it, you know, the front office, the managers, the relationships that you have, the relationships with the players, with the people who work in the clubhouse, the grounds crew, all the support. It's just, I don't know, I just feel it's unique. I've never done anything else. Um, but those relationships, you know, and relationships with the media, you know, yourself. We go back to Buffalo, you know, Rick Manning now and, and, and Matt Underwood. I've known these guys forever, Tom Hamilton. There's just a lot that, you know, we're all – kind of focused on on the same end gold and that's Cleveland Guardians World Series you know let's bring a championship to Cleveland and go out and be the best we can be and that's what brings me back because I don't have those relationships outside the game really I, I spend more time with with uh, you know baseball people um, than I do anyone outside of my family so um, that's what brings me back you mentioned World Series and last year the they get close. They were they're in the postseason. Once you're in, that's that's big. Gosh, it, it just seemed like the town was head over heels about that team a year ago. What would happen if this team won a World Series? What would happen here? I don't know, man. I I, I think that um, number one, our our players would be uh, residents for life. You know, <laughs> keys to the city. Certainly, Tito. Um, you know, Chris, Mr. Dole. I mean, look, um, it's. People have supported this organization, the fans, um, and and again, it, it's a it's a family friendly. It's a it's a good place to work. It's an honest place to work. You, you, you know, you're expected to do things the right way, and people do right by you. Um, I I would like nothing more than to see it happen here, and and uh, you know, hopefully this this is the year we can we can knock that door in. 
Uh, pitching certainly a huge part of it. And, uh, Carl, thanks for coming by. We'll see you in spring training. All right, Rosie, I'm looking forward to it. That's pitching coach Carl Willis, and he'll be overseeing things in spring training as uh, the team tries to get down to that number of uh, probably 13 pitchers uh, to start the season. And quite a few non-roster invites announced yesterday, and these are young men who are in the system already. They haven't been signed to minor league contracts from outside the organization. These are players who are not yet on the 40-man roster but have earned invites to major league spring training. Some of them familiar names that we've seen in past spring trainings. Some others uh, new to that spring training scene in the big leagues. And uh, we'll run them down for you. Left-hander Logan Allen, not the one who has pitched in the major leagues for Cleveland in the past, but this is a second-round pick from that 2020 draft who split time a season ago between AA Akron and AAA Columbus with some real nice numbers along the way. Uh, Cleveland very high on left-hander Logan Allen. Also, Peyton Battenfield, who was in the major leagues just for a cup of coffee last year, picked up in a trade from Tampa Bay at the 2021 trade deadline. And uh, he's another pitcher who spent a, a good portion of his season with AAA Columbus last year. A young man we saw last year in spring training, Nick Mikolajczyk, and uh, he's an 11th-round pick out of Sam Houston State in the 2019 draft who spent all of last season at Columbus. Lefty Andrew Misiesek, he's a 32nd-round pick out of Northwestern, excuse me, Northeastern out of Boston. He was a teammate of Aaron Savali uh, as a freshman in college, and he's starting to make his way toward the major league level as well. Well, we hope you can stay with us. The second half of our show, we are going to honor an icon, one of the great fans, and uh, you know him as the drummer in the bleachers. John Adams passed away on Monday. A very sad week, but a week to remember and uh, really uh, find out just how much of an impact he had, not only on fans, but players and coaches as well. We'll hear from Bobby D. Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. We are joined now by Guardians Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio and, and Bobby D. Un unfortunately, we're having you on uh, because of a, a passing of such a great friend to the franchise for so many years. John Adams, known best for uh, his work as the drummer in the bleachers since the old ballpark. And, and what a legacy he has left behind. And, and I know uh, for you and so many others, this is a really tough week. Yeah, it has been. Um, while we knew it was coming as John, you know, fought a tough, tough battle for the past four years, the finality of it all still hits you hard. Uh, such a remarkable ambassador for our franchise um, through almost 50 years of beating that drum and being there for us at every turn when we needed him. And our Fellow fans needed him to go up and visit him in the bleachers. And um, what dedication, commitment, passion 
that John had for this franchise unmatched. And uh, I'm just so glad that we were able to honor him when he was still living uh, at the end of the 2022 baseball season. We went to the nursing home and inducted him into the Guardians Distinguished Hall of Fame. Um, the famed artist uh, David Deming from Lakewood who did Lou Boudreaux, Larry Doby, and Jim Tomey statues outside our ballpark did a replica bronze drum that now sits out at Heritage Park. We ripped out, Rosie, the the bench that John sat on up in the last row of the bleachers. There is now a big bronze plaque uh, in that space dedicated to John and his memory. And we put the bench with the uh, replica bronze drum on it in Heritage Park so people could come and sit on the bench and actually hold a drumstick and get a picture taken and relive some wonderful memories of of John, who all he tried to do was make people feel good. Bobby D., there are not many people associated with the Cleveland baseball franchise who were a part of that organization longer than you. <laughs> but John was already going when the time, by the time you started with the, with the team. What were your first impressions of, of what was going on out in the bleachers with this guy? Well, being a Lakewood High grad in 1973, our 50th uh, reunion coming up this year, um, you know, we'd go to the Cleveland Stadium uh, to watch the, the Tribe play, and it was 50 cents to sit out in the bleachers. So we always played the little game of pushing each other. Who went through the turnstiles first gave a buck, so the guy behind him got in free <laughs> to save 50 cents. So we'd sit in the bleachers, and all of a sudden in August of 73, so when we'd come home from college and such, there'd be this guy over there beating on the drum. So we'd go over and say hello and hang out with him for an inning or so and then you know, try to sneak in behind uh, home plate in the box seats like every kid did at a big ballpark or big stadium. And then in 1979, when I started with the organization as an assistant PR director, um, I got to know John uh, in a much more deep level um, and continued on for 40-plus years of a friendship and um, working together. Again, always was there for us when we called on him. I do have to uh, mention that Late in his life, the last couple years, things were difficult for him, so he did not make visits to the ballpark. He is physically unable. Uh, but Curtis Danberg uh, of our organization, our vice president of communications and community impact, um, was truly a, a dear, dear friend to John in his last couple years. And um, it's just a remarkable uh, friendship that those two have um, that uh, just kept John's connection to us alive in his heart, even though his physical body uh, wasn't the same. Um, it just a wonderful thing that Curtis did on behalf of our franchise and as a friend to John. And John always wanted to make sure um, in his conversations with people that he ended with some sort of joke or some way to make you smile. And the one that makes me always that I think about as an example is he would say the great one of the greatest joys of his life 
was the fact that he met people from all around the globe uh, that would come to our ballpark and walk up to the bleachers to get a picture taken with him because they heard about him. And he said the only place on the planet where he did not meet anybody from was Antarctica, and that's only because of the organization. We wouldn't allow penguins in the ballpark. But that was him. He always wanted to leave you with a smile. Are you surprised at all? And we're joined by Bob DiBiasio talking about the life and times of John Adams, uh, a career of, of leading crowds at uh, First Municipal Stadium and, and then at Jacobs and then Progressive Field with, with his signature drum beats out in the bleachers. Um, Bobby Dita, the, the, obviously a sad week, but with that, we're hearing from so many players who played for the franchise and he had an impact on them, and, and, and sometimes you take that for granted, but not so, huh? No, it, not only did um, have we heard from our guys, um, but visiting guys mm-hmm. as well. And uh, you can relay a story about a visiting broadcaster who was a pitcher who, uh, you know, you can finish the story about how he missed the beat of the drum, but not when he was a player <laughs> and the reason why. Um, Major League uh, Network. Baseball Tonight is their hour-long show, uh, 6 to 7 o'clock. And I thought it was so very cool that MLB Network started last Monday with our video tribute to John. And then they used John as the focal point to talk about the great fans around the game of baseball. Uh, in Atlanta, my one year there, there was an elderly lady by the name of Pearl who was a 50-year season ticket holder, and all the players, both the opposing team and the Braves players, would wave to her in their first at-bat. The sign man at uh, Shea Stadium City Field for the Mets. Uh, All around baseball, every ballpark has certain fans that stand out. We thought we had one of the absolute best in that in John Adams because of the longevity and what he brought to the ballpark in terms of rallying the team with the beat of the drum. And I just thought it was cool the way MLB Network chose to have the focal point of that discussion of how important fans are to the game and have all of that based on John Adams. Pretty good stuff, to be sure. Here's well, one. tell your story. Uh, hold, hold on. Yeah, no, no, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, uh, an unnamed visiting player. Uh, the last couple of years, obviously, John has not been here, and, and he was wondering, hey, you know, where's the drummer guy? And he was told you know, he wasn't feeling well and couldn't make it anymore, and he said, well, I'm telling you, that guy, was it was trouble because if he started going and then the crowd started going, you knew we were in trouble. <laughs> And, and this was a pretty good picture, and, and he admitted that even John could get under his skin a little bit. And I know Kenny Lofton kind of echoed some of those sentiments from the Cleveland perspective of, of how much of an impact he could make on a game. Absolutely. Uh, he did make an impact. I mean, think about the mark that John Adams made on the Cleveland sports scene. Um, just from buying a drum at a garage sale for $25 and – sitting in the bleachers and wanting to recreate the banging of the seats uh, in the bowl of Cleveland Stadium. You couldn't do that out in the bleachers, obviously. So that's what he was trying to recreate. And Jackie York, the promotions director at that time, noticed how 
people were gravitating towards John and went up to him and said, would you show up every game? And then it put that little note in his head that, oh, let's see if where we can go with this and have fun because people are cool with it because he didn't know mm -hmm. if people were going to embrace it or hate it at the beginning. And then 48 years later, 3,500 games later, um, all the World Series, All-Star Games, Lenny Barker's perfect game um, is part of his legacy. Uh, the, again, though, when you circle back, all he wanted to do was make people happy. And he did it at Municipal Stadium, could go to his own seat and not worry about bothering anybody. You move into the new place, it's packed. How do you make sure that he was taken care of there and, and had a spot to do what he does? Well, especially um, – in June, early June of 1995, you know, we opened in 94, but in early June of 95 is when the sellout streak of 455 games began, and we sold out for five seasons, and we had to go into the ticket office manifest and say, okay, these four seats are his. And he came to us with the idea, and we went and had a, a conversation that you know, we'll give you the two um, for you and the drum. And he said, can I buy the other two um, next to me in the bleachers? And we said, absolutely. So we worked with him um, on a, he bought a couple, a couple were free um, to make sure that uh, he was a part of the dynamic and the atmosphere of our ballpark. And he will absolutely be missed. I do need to add, Rosie, that, we're not going to allow any instruments in the ballpark. No new streak will start with a new drummer or a new instrument. That was John, mm -hmm. and we need to keep it John. And um, I just feel compelled to share that bit for people who are wondering um, what that might entail. Uh, but honoring him as we did in the Distinguished Hall of Fame and the replica bronze drum and, and you know, the, uh, out in Heritage Park. Um, you know, again, we wanted to do that while he was still living because too often you honor somebody after they had passed away. We wanted John to know the impact that he made. And uh, I think that was a smart move on our part. Well, we record this during the week, heavy hearts around the ballpark. And by the time you hear this on Saturday, John Adams will have been laid to rest at, at a mass in downtown Cleveland, and um, he will truly be missed. He was he was special and, and fun to meet and, and, gosh, the fabric of the ballpark for, for so many years. Um, Bobby D., just to kind of end things on a lighter note, um, you're just back from Arizona. You had your annual uh, that had a hiatus like so many other things, but it's back in business, and we seem to be returning to normal in so many ways fantasy camp just concluded and and how did it go as you get back to it guardians fantasy camp uh, we judge it by two things rain and injuries <laughs> and we only had one injury um and unfortunately uh an older gentleman uh, had an achilles uh um tear that uh, kept him out of of service uh, Thankfully, he got it after he played six full games, uh, doubleheaders Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and late in that game on Wednesday. Um, 
And we had no rain, so we had no interruption whatsoever of our week. Uh, it was a teeny bit chilly for Arizona in the morning, but um, the sun was shining, and we got to play. Mike Hargrove and Rajah Davis were uh, the two co-managers of the team that won the World Series. Uh, Grover was so funny at the awards banquet. Um, first, he gets up to, to talk about his championship team as we were pouring champagne and doing a champagne toast for uh, his uh, – uh, eight or nine and oh baseball team very rarely do we have teams go undefeated in camp and uh, Grover and Raja's team was their team name was run DMR so Grover gets up and he goes you know all week we were you know had a great um, week and we were undefeated and our team name was Run DMR, and I still have no idea what that means. I've asked Raj all week, and I still don't understand what the heck it meant. Um, he goes, but all I know, in typical Mike Hargrove fashion, is I'm now 1-2 in the World Series. <laughs> Some wrongs can be righted. Oh, my goodness. I, I laughed so hard that that uh, um, just Grover – uh, not that we're over it. Um, there's no way in the world that we're over losing in 95 and extra innings in game seven and 97 and 16. But uh, for finally to see him make a teeny bit of a joke out of it uh, made me feel a little bit good. Well, it's great to have that back because, uh, again, it just it's one more thing that's making us uh, feel back to normal. One of the coolest things about this year's camp, uh, Rosie, is first time ever we had two sisters. 70 and 68 years old, oh from Lakewood, Ohio. Um, we had uh, Heather Millar, uh, who was in her sixth, seventh camp, I think seventh. Uh, she turns 80 in May. We had a father-son-daughter combo. We had a brother-sister combo. We had about eight brother combos. We had something in the neighborhood of 12, 13 father-son-sons-in-law. Half the camp was related to one another and that's the beauty of it is celebrating families and that's what baseball is all about you know we talk about connecting generations and creating memories and what we do at guardians fantasy camp speaks to that brand mission probably better than anything we do it was just so much fun um, again it was like a family reunion we had been on a hiatus for two years and when everybody got to see each other and all the pros that were involved, um, it was a, it's always a special week. Thank you for the update, and thank you for the, the thoughts on John Adams. Thank you, Rosie. That's Guardian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio. Stay tuned. We'll have some final thoughts after this time out on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, like when I hold the door for someone. Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and oh, now they're running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, our final segment. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And opening day not too far off. The season opener, March the 30th. April the 7th is the, the home opener for the Guardians. Spring training, our first broadcast, February the 25th. So if you're starting to get that itch, still some time to pick up a six-pack or a flex voucher pack of tickets and receive special 2023 opening day pre-sale access that only runs through the weekend. Those six packs allow you to select six games that suit you the best. There are themed six packs for Friday nights, Saturdays, Sundays, or weekday afternoons, or you can build your own games that fit your schedule and uh, some great seat locations as well. And those flex voucher plans give you the ultimate flexibility to buy early and lock in at discounted prices without having to commit to specific games yet. You may not know your summer schedule, so uh, check that out. If you can do it by Sunday night at midnight, then you get that uh, access to 2023 opening day. And and looking at the Farmer's Almanac, it's going to be 60 and sunny, guaranteed. But uh, if it's not, you didn't hear that here. (laughs) So anyway, uh, hopefully it'll be a great day. We've had some good luck uh, in terms of weather. Uh, in recent seasons with home openers, so hopefully that will be the case again. But check out those uh, six packs or Fletch, uh, flex voucher packs in uh, the next uh, 24 to 36 hours or so, and uh, you'll get that 2023 opening day presale access. And you can do that at cleguardians.com. That's the website, cleguardians.com. That's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks so much, as always, to Brian Matze for putting together our show each week for you. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.